one week season. One week season, fam, La Familia. Welcome back. Week 11, FanDuel Labs. I am your host, Mike Johnson, M. Johnson 86. Excited to be with you guys this week. Uh, we are over halfway through the NFL season, the regular season at least already. Uh, pretty crazy to think about uh, how quickly things go um, and how quickly things change. We are uh, headed into a bye week, but we've got a very interesting slate this week with, uh, you know, we've got one more game. We've got 11 games this week, but we are still uh, there. There isn't really a game that's that pops off and, and stands out as like clearly the, you know, two premium teams or, or high profile teams uh, facing each other. So uh, makes for an interesting week for building, but uh, we saw scoring take off a little bit in week 10. So maybe a sign of things to come for the second half of the year. With that, we're going to bring in Maximus. Welcome back. How are we doing? Welcome back. Hola. Uh, had an abortion of a week last week. Um, you know, when teams get blown out, uh, there's the saying, just throw the tape away and move on to the next week. And that's what I'll do. Yeah, I mean, it's the nature of the beast, right? Like, you're going to have good weeks and bad weeks in this. Like, nobody just smashes um, every single week, especially in football. Uh, just, you know, JM talked about it in his winner circle pod, actually, this week. Um, just, like, chaos theory and how there's just so many random, unpredictable variables with football Uh you know, that we could do the best we can, but ultimately, um, you know, you can't account for or predict, you know, so many things that are going to happen uh, on an NFL field. That's why uh, the things that are more predictable, you, you know, you want to lean uh, more into those things and then um, try to find some spots where there is, uh, where there's just a lot of certainty being given to certain roles or certain matchups or, um, this defense, you know, the perception of a defense being bad or, or good, um, you know, sometimes in a one-week sample, uh, plug for the one-week season uh, brand there, uh, but in a one-week sample, you know, things can break differently. So kind of being able to, to meld those two ideas, uh, you know, is kind of what it comes down to. But uh, to your point, you know, you've just got to uh, – <laughs> You know, you've got that's why we talk about your contest selection, the, the contest you play. Um, and I just think that anyone who's doing this consistently, thinking about thinking deeply about the contest selection you want to play, um, what you're comfortable with, what your bankroll is gonna be, um, you know, so you can go through some some swings. Um, because they're if you're playing tournaments there just is there's just you know there's no way around it you're going to have some some good swings and some bad swings and um you know depending on who you are and and you know how things break sometimes um sometimes those swings can be longer one way uh, or more severe one way or the other um but just is what it is uh so sorry to hear you had a bad week but let's um hopefully that was a little pep talk for you um, and you're able to just move on to week 11 and, and smash this week. Oh, yeah, you could say I was due. I was on a nine-week streak. That streak is done. 
in this particular tournament that we've been covering every week with at least one team placing out of the five. Uh, caveat, though, I actually didn't wasn't able to get five teams in this week because there's less entries in this tournament. Uh, usually I kind of build my last one or two and Sunday morning, and I, I had already woken up and it was already filled. So I only had three teams in that particular contest. But I just dudded overall in, in all of my contests this week. And yeah, to your point, it happens. It's just the nature of the beast. Um, I was probably due uh, for that at some point, you know. And, you know, it, it, again, you move, um, actually, it makes me more excited and hungry for this week on the flip side because I kind of like, at least in my own preparation so far, I kind of already have, I'm already feeling a little more clarity uh, than maybe I did uh, last week. Although last week I did get, again, it's another, you get game environments right, but if you don't have the right players in those environments, that that also can lead to uh, to, to failure on top of just, you know, not really having a center of gravity. And I feel this week uh, so far, uh, as we're about to cover, I, I feel better. So Nice. A week away from Thanksgiving, Maximus already hungry. He's ready to eat. All right, yeah, he's like Zeke back oh, in the day. All right, so we'll pull up. Uh, without further ado, we'll we'll go to FanDuel. Uh, just a quick recap: anyone new, uh, we Maximus is building every week. He puts five entries in the uh, FanDuel 25K Sunday NFL touchdown. A um, little bit smaller tournament than some of the big lotteries that maybe are more popular, uh, but it is the structure is really good. Uh, just over 10% of the prize pool uh, to first place, um, which so it isn't so top heavy. Um, you get a nice, you know, structure. Uh, the top 10, even you know, 400 bucks for uh, 10th place, which is over 10% of the first place prize pool. Um, which again, it just makes it so. If you do have a really good lineup, you get paid off. Um, you know, on a little bit more. There's a little bit less. Uh, variants or wild swings to the payouts there so that's a positive and you've got over a, a quarter of the um or just under a quarter of the uh field getting paid so a uh, really good structure there maximus why don't you take it away uh take the people through your uh lineup for this week uh your one lineup that we're talking about today and um you know your thought process when you were building it by the way, kudos for you to you for bringing that up, uh, the structure of that tournament, a little more detailed this week. Uh, yeah, it's it really is a good setup in terms of most tournaments you're going to come across uh, on either side. Um, and then I apologize. I'm probably going to be looking at my screen at other stuff I have up more than I usually do, but uh, just to point out individual team totals and, and game totals. But yeah, so we haven't done a CJ Stroud team uh, this year yet, uh, obviously going to be, I'm assuming, popular and chalky, the game and uh, these teams uh, this week, especially with prices considered, probably on both sides, but definitely on FanDuel. I did an interesting exercise I had not done, because as a reminder, 60000 is the salary on FanDuel as opposed to 50000 on DraftKings. And I was kind of putting together just quarterback shells with a double stacking and runbacks and what the total price was on those as opposed to what you would have left in salary remaining. And even that metric, uh, Stroud is, you know, very affordable to have a well-balanced team uh, for the rest of your 
team, either correlated or non-correlated. So I have CJ Stroud in this case with Singletary and Tank Dell with a Trey McBride run back. So a couple notes on that. That that um, equates to 27,400 uh, in salary for that block of four players. Um, you got more than half your remaining salary left over for a balanced team, five more spots to fill. It is the highest game total on the slate, at least currently. Um, you know, Trey McBride, again, very chalky. He will continue to be. He's probably been one of the few chalky players that has dramatically helped me out each week that I've played him, which I can't say for some of my other chalky ones. But um, And again, he's in a pristine matchup. Uh, Houston's one of the worst teams against the tight end position this year. And then Singletary, I'm, I'm never the biggest fan of Singletary, but he did have a big week last week. And he is playing a team who's very bad against pass catching running backs. Uh, one other place, by the way, on the scroll, I know, I know yourself and some of my other colleagues haven't really dove too much into it. Um, but on the scroll, the workbook section that Majestic puts up, I've actually started really warming up to that just for reference. It's one of the many options on the scroll you guys can look to on the site. And it gives some really good breakdowns of defensive pass rate over expectation against opponents and the different positions, you know, what teams have overall and then broken down to slot, outside receiver, running back, rushing, passing. Gives some really good uh, statistics uh, at more of a sample size now that we're more than halfway through the season. But in any case, so Singletary – and, and the other thing is Stroud's going to be such a popular stack. My thinking is it's a different way to stack them that may not be as owned if you're doing MME as the straightaway Dell and Nico. In saying that, love Nico coming back this week. I'm sure I'll have him as well in, in some other teams. Then we have the proverbial Tony Pollard. <laughs> I said last week I, was, I wasn't going to go back to him if he uh, didn't break out uh, against the Giants, but – his price is about as low as you're ever going to see it, I think, unless he keeps failing, I guess. Playing the worst run defense in football, clear run funnel defense. Dallas has a 26.5 implied team total. I mean, again, it's a spot in theory he could eat and do really well. Um, but in saying that, I have ways to, to kind of switch out that we'll briefly cover. Uh, I feel with a 30-point implied team total of the Dolphins, in my opinion, you're going to need a Dolphin. I plan to have a Dolphin on every team. Uh, I'll be very curious about the Akane news, if he's like a full go by the by kickoff time on Sunday with Mostert. But in this case, I have Jalen Waddell, and I have him skinny stacked with Devontae Adams. Uh, now, you can make an argument with Adams. Jalen Ramsey's back, Xavier Howard. Maybe Miami gets back to like a shutdown corner setup, in which case on this team, you could pivot to Josh Jacobs instead of Pollard and then kind of work the team around a little bit. But for the, for this purpose, on the flip side, Miami scores early. They score often. They're at home. On the face of it, in my opinion, seems to be more of an Adams game playing catch up and probably being down a lot of points. Also, you can have the Dolphin with no run back. That's completely viable too. The Raiders team total is only 16. And then we finish it out with uh, the 49ers defense. I, I, for some reason, I love the Niners this week. Uh, I'm going to quote from the FanDuel Bible, which is the Mike Johnson FanDuel course. 
you look for defenses that play against quarterbacks that throw a lot and that are mistake prone. We have an East Coast team traveling across country, likes to throw the ball a lot. Looks like the 49ers kind of found themselves last week kind of crushing in Jacksonville. I think they carry momentum back home. And not saying the Bucs can't put up points, but I love the 49ers defense at 4,000 there. And then that left me with 7,000 left over on this particular team. And you could go Adam Thielen if you wanted to really correlate this team with Tony Pollard, also at 7,000. You could go Garrett Wilson if you wanted a late swap, two players with the Niners defense to maybe late swap. But I went with Aaron Jones here. Uh, the Chargers, it's pretty known you can run against them and you can definitely catch against them as a running back. And Aaron Jones at home this week, weather may be a little bit colder. Uh, I haven't looked at the weather report yet. Chargers, yet another team traveling across country. Um, so I like Aaron Jones in that spot. But again, you could switch out to Thielen to make more correlation with this team, or you could go Garrett Wilson, who gets a lot of volume. So you have a couple players in, in the late window, just some other kind of switch out options. The one other one, and I'll throw it to you, if you wanted to take out Pollard, take out Devontae, you could put in Josh Jacobs. <clears throat> you could go down to the Jets defense in the four o'clock window. And uh, then you can fit in Nico Collins. You can kind of make a stack that way with Stroud. But I'm a little, I'm curious to get your take as a coach, Mike, on we got another coaching personnel change this week in Buffalo. I'm curious if that's going to have a similar effect that that happened with the Raiders with their coaching change because Buffalo, they're at home. They're probably in a must-win game. They had they they changed somebody was the scapegoat, I think, for the personnel change. And I'm curious uh how you feel if that's going to be adverse or it's going to kind of be a rah-rah uh, for the Bills on a side note, but, but, but that's the team throwing it back to you. So, you know, to answer that question first, that whole situation just is like, like kind of head scratching. You know, I get that the Bills, you know, they're five and five. They've been a little bit disappointing, but I mean, their offense by most metrics is, top five in the league, you know, they're third in EPA, I believe, you know, top three in points per drive. Um, I mean, you look at, you look at some of the things, I mean, just the Monday night game in itself, like Ken Dorsey gets, you know, gets fired the day after the game. Well, I mean, there's one play that was an interception that it like, it was going around on Twitter. There was like a photo of like Gabe Davis and he's like reaching and he has the balls like right in his hands. And it, you know, that that's the still frame photo. And, you know, the caption, somebody goes, you know, this ended up as an interception and somehow it was Ken Dorsey's fault. Um, you know, and I mean, Allen had the one interception uh, towards the end of the first half where it was just a terrible decision. Like he just threw it right to the guy led to three points for the Broncos. Uh you know, there was all this stuff, you know, uh, like the pass interference, like the, the at the end of the game, the end of that game. Did you watch the Monday night game? Yeah. 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 So the end of that game, like it's third and 14 or whatever at the 45 and uh, McDermott calls a zero blitz. He brings the house. And so Wilson just chucks it deep and they get the pass interference because the guy's got no safety help. So he's, you know, he panics and runs into Judy uh, no on the end of the ball. What's that? 
no safety over the top. Yeah. So, you know, if you don't, if like, it's just like a gimme and like, you know, it's, that's a really tough position to put your guy in there with, with no help over the top. And then once it's thrown up there, like it's impossible to track that ball. Um, you know, especially, you know, the way Wilson threw it, like, it, you know, it, it, so like the call was just really questionable. And then the 12 men on the field at the end, like, that's not Ken Dorsey's fault that the defense and special team, like horrible. You like they had just they had just called a timeout. So they had two timeouts left. After the pass interference, Denver tried to run the clock down. They like kneeled it and tried to so they kneeled or whatever once. Buffalo called their first timeout. They did it again. Buffalo called their second timeout. So now it's third down with like 25 seconds left or 20 seconds left, whatever it was. Denver had no timeout, so they had to either they had to either kick the field goal then or they had to run a play and rush their guys out. Well, you're caught, you just called a timeout, Buffalo. You know, you know if Denver puts their offense out there, you know exactly what is about to happen. So how do you not just have your special teams on the field for that play? They're not so you don't have to substitute at all. Yeah. Like you just had like like there is no justification. What the what the f do you <laughs> We're on YouTube. I don't want to get censored here. So I mean, if it were just me and you my language would be much stronger, but like Absolutely. How do you how do you come out of that timeout? And have anyone on the field that wouldn't be on the field for a field goal. You know exactly what is about to happen. There's a 0% chance that the Broncos are running the ball, that they're passing the ball. They are kneeling and running their special teams on the field. And if they try to pass it, that's a that's a victory for you. Like, that's, that's good. So, like, all of that stuff yeah. happens. And then you come out of it the next day and you fire the offensive coordinator for a top five offense in the league. Like, sorry, I'm, I'm getting off track. This no, I love so this. I love this. All the great details that you just outlined. But it segues you, into my question. I'm very to, curious. To your, but to your point or to your question, if you're in Buffalo, if you're in that, if you're a coach on staff, if you're a player in that locker room and you have a clue about football, because I mean, some, there's some, some players don't know that much about football. Like we hear it all the time. Like guys that like don't know the overtime rules and shit like that. Like, but if you have like anybody who has a clue in there is like, okay, like just lost a lot of respect for Sean McDermott in my opinion. Cause he, like he is scapegoating and putting stuff on people that it's not like it's and Ken Dorsey's not perfect. But also, like Warren Sharp on Twitter, he had a good thread um, and a good article that he put out this week, kind of detailing how two years ago, when the uh, uh, the Bills were in 2020, the Bills' offense was that's the year they like really were like gangbusters, um, and then they lost in the AFC Championship game, and they were really close. But then McDermott, he had like let Dable like cut it loose that year. Um, and then at the end of it, he, because they lost, instead of saying, well, we were really close, like, you know, let's keep going. Let's get it. He's like, well, we got to change. We're going to have to 
you know, be more run based and they've gradually become a little bit less aggressive. And it's mainly probably because McDermott is like kind of forcing it. But um, regardless, the the whole thing, I you know, I don't know how it's going to play out for sure in Buffalo. Um, but I know that my opinion of McDermott has changed in a not positive way. Um, and it, and JM has brought this up too about praising Allen for not running, for not going deep downfield. And it's like they're trying to condition him to be more conservative. And, you know, but there's a lot of disadvantages to that based on just who he is, you know, what's been most successful for them overall. But, but yeah. Yeah. Well, a- yeah. Uh, it, it'll be, it'll just, this week will be really interesting. Like he fired Dorsey. Does he like, does he force? the new guy to run like a very, very balanced offense. Like, is that his, you know, is this McDermott mid season going like the, what Mike McCarthy, you know, talked about like in back in May about, you know, we're going to pound the run. Um, Kudos to McCarthy, by the way, for figuring it out and cutting Dak loose. Um, But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, But back to your lineup. I do like the so I like the Stroud Singletary Dell. I like that build. Um, so first of all, you know, you talked about Stroud. Like I don't, I really don't care about ownership for quarterbacks that much. So I don't, I don't worry too much about that. I do like the um, so you've got that around that game. You've got Stroud Singletary Dell and McBride. So. With that four-player core, I like the quarterback running back together. I think that's super underutilized. Uh, Singletary will probably be one of the um, – he'll be top three, if not the top um, highest-owned running back this week. Really? Um, yeah, I mean, at his price and with Pierce um, probably still out. Pierce. Um, you know, and, and then the matchup, everyone sees that 30th um, defense. Um, I think – I think playing them together is interesting. And I like the big, you know, that that group of players together. Um, the one thing as you were talking about it is that, you know, I think I think I might, if I was going to build this roster, I might even go Kyler instead of Stroud. Um, Absolutely. Just because. I, I had a build with Kyler as well. Yeah. I was really close. He's so easy to stack with Brown and McBride. And actually, you could overstack this game with Murray, too, and just put a couple different Texans pieces. But go ahead. Yeah, well, so I just think – and I think it's fine as is with Stroud, Singletary. Basically, when you play the quarterback and the running back, you're everyone worries so much about, like, oh, are they – you know, do they take away from each other? But really what you're just betting on is – uh what you're betting on is four you're betting on four guys. Um, sorry. You're like four more, four touchdowns from the team, you know, and if they overlap, if it happens to be a receiving a running back receiving touchdown, um, then it is what it is. Um, but you know, really it doesn't have to be that like you just want the team to score a lot of points. Um, so that, you know, sometimes I think people are afraid to play them together. Um, but I think it's much more viable. You're just betting on the overall team outcome. 
And then Dell becomes a part of that with attached to Stroud. Um, and then you've got the McBride bring back. So that's where um, my thought process somewhat is like, if you're going to do that, you could move to Kyler who, who might run a little bit more um, than Stroud usually does. Uh, he looked like he had a couple plays late in that game um, last week where he looked uh, like vintage Kyler. He did get subbed out for the tush push uh, for Clayton Toon last week. So that was frustrating. Um, but yeah, I think just in general, like that build, you know, becomes unique regardless of what the individual player ownerships might be. Um, when you get four players from that team, um, and especially when uh, you have, if you do the running back um, opposite it, uh, just because even if you went with Kyler, you know, there's not a lot of people who are going to play Singletary and Dell together. Um, so, you know, but from the same standpoint as the quarterback and running back can do well together, uh, the receiver uh, fits in that as well. Um, I like the Las Vegas, Miami, um, the idea there, you know, It'll be really interesting because the two games since Josh McDaniels got fired, Devontae Adams, um, you know, he had seven targets against the Giants, uh, four catches for 34 yards. That's the game where Daniel Jones tore his ACL. Uh, there wasn't much going on. Um, you know, they, they didn't have to do much, really. Uh, and then last week, Adams had 13 targets, six catches for 86 yards against the Jets in like, you know, they have sauce Gardner. That's not like an easy matchup. Um, so when you, when you bring up this matchup and it's in Miami, like if, you know, it's, it's very feasible. He gets, you know, 13 to 15 targets. And uh, with that low team total, I don't think he'll be very popular. Um, so, you know, that's where, you know, I don't worry too much individually about ownership. I just like to make sure I have a couple spots on my roster uh, that are unique. And I think that um, Adams will be fairly low owned for being like a guy who can very easily, you know, have a hundred, if he had 120 yards and two touchdowns, um, even in a game where the Raiders get boat raced, um, I, that wouldn't be shocking to me. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think a lot of good things with the roster. Pollard is an interesting one, uh, kind of just a DFS social experiment with the psychology of, uh, do you stick with it? Um, you know, do you, you know, do people like he's got the, the elite, uh, running game matchup, right? Um, you know, the Panthers have been, I don't know why it doesn't list them, but they've been uh, near the bottom of the league, uh, in run defense this year. Um, so yeah, I, and then, you know, you brought up Aaron Jones. I mean, we saw Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery uh, have that massive game. Obviously, the Packers are not the same offense, but, uh, you know, it just shows that, you know, running back production is there to be had. And uh, whether if it's a close game, I think Jones is going to be leaned on heavily. And if the Chargers are able to get like out ahead and the Packers have to pass more, I think, you know, they're probably going to have to involve Jones in some way. So, uh, you know, either way, I think I think this is a really well built roster. Um, you've got a good a good core stack uh, with that Houston Arizona. Um, I do think you know you brought up the uh, Miami Las Vegas situation. So, 
I do think there's a good chance that like a Miami player ends up optimal, but I also think um, like this week, especially well, the, a lot depends on with what happens with H Han. Like if, is he active? Like, what do we get out of news out of him? Because um, we have, you know, Tyreek Hill is priced at $9,800. Um, Achan and most there are both around 8,000 Waddle's 7,100. So like, I mean, they could score five touchdowns and if they're spread out, you know, it, Everybody could everybody could have a solid game, but nobody like is a have to have. Um, but either way, even in that situation, you know nobody's really hurting you, I guess. So um, you know, I think it's fine either way. Like a lot of times, people get uh, too in the weeds on on that. But I think it's just like having a plan, which you do. Like you want to have a, a dolphin on every roster, like that's your plan. Um, you know, go with it if. You know, if you were building, I think the other way to go about that is if you're going to build five lineups, you know, maybe build two with one specific guy, two or three with one specific guy um, and just fade everyone else. And you're just going to hope that that's the guy that that hits. But whatever it is, you know, you just want to have a plan on on exactly how you're how you're trying to attack it, Um, you know, and again like we talked about at the start like uh there's there's always things that we can't account for and that that are you know all we can do is is try to make the best decisions we can before the contest start and that's a good segue have a plan i'd like to segue that briefly in the late swap because that's always something i like to make mention or have thoughts on uh ahead of time maybe what your potential late swap options could be a couple real quick Devontae Adams, again, if you if you think Jalen Ramsey coming back, Xavier Howard, Miami gets tough again on the backside. You can and and on the flip side, you don't necessarily need to bring back for a Miami player to have a ceiling. You could take Devontae Adams out, one of the options. You could put in Puka Nakua, who gets Stafford back most likely this week. And then if you um swap out the Niners defense for the Jets defense. You have great options in that flex spot of Brandon Ayuk for the Niners uh, and players in that price range. And it's another, you know, if you want two or three for late swap on certain teams, because I always love the possibilities of late swap based on how your one o'clock story is doing. And so, uh, yeah, always have late swap in mind, too, I think, especially in small field. But these are some other ways you could you could put Nakua in, you could put the Jets in. I think you can get to, uh, or maybe not. I thought you can get to Brandon Ayuk that way, but just um, had to do something else too. Maybe scroll down a little bit. I mean, I had somebody else in mind. Oh, maybe it was Debo. It was, it was Jacobs. Yeah. Instead of Adams, you could plug in Jacobs there. You could also plug in Brian Robinson, Brees Hall, Debo Samuel. Those would be your late swap partners along with the Jets defense, maybe. So, yeah, so a lot of places you can go this week based on the pricing. If you're thinking about late swap as part of your process, which which you should be, I think, in my opinion. Uh, cool stuff to think ahead of time on, especially if you're making multiple teams. There's a contest we don't cover that I think I may dip my toe in this week on FanDuel's FanDuel show. 
Uh, it's 25 teams. It's a $25,000 first place. Um, 25 entries, $3 a team. Usually it's about 29, 30,000 entries in it. So obviously MME, but it's another 25% of the field gets paid. And it's a little more top heavy, obviously, than contests like this. But just a fun way if you feel if you're feeling comfortable about expanding the core, expanding with this core and bringing late swap and other scenarios into play, and you feel you need to build more teams, that may be a fun tournament I, I try out this week and, and uh, see what happens with that. But. Yeah, I think that's that's all really good stuff. I think, um, yeah, there's, again, comes back to having a plan, you know, figuring out what you want to do before Sunday morning um, and, and going with it. Um, I love it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have a whole lot else to add. I think it's like I talked about at the start. I think it's an interesting week. Um, we have uh, such a, you know, there aren't any games. Once again, no games over a total of like 48, I believe. Um, Honorable mention Detroit, Chicago. Another game I'm looking to possibly build for. I think they're at 48 or 48 and a half. Should be interesting how Fields is coming back from a thumb injury, but Definitely a game I got kind of targeted as well in honorable mention, you know, to the team that we talked about. But go ahead. Yeah. So I think, you know, I just think keeping all the, the context of the slate in mind and, and building from there, you know, and um, again, you know, we're going to have some good weeks and some bad weeks, but you got to gotta take them as you come. That's the nature of the beast here. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely, as always, appreciate and enjoy the time with you, Maximus. My pleasure. Looking forward to uh, – we'll have to figure out – we'll have to talk and figure out um, – next week might be tough with Thanksgiving and stuff. So, Right. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk off air. Hopefully, uh, for everyone, we're able to get one together. Um, if not, we'll see you in week 13. But uh, one way or another – uh, we will see you soon, hopefully celebrating some binks. So uh, best of luck to everyone. We will see you on Twitter and in Discord, and we will see you at the top of the leaderboards. One week season.